transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Crisp, cool, refreshing, flat water. Uh, <laughs> Spoderman. Just Spoderman. What episode is this? Uh, this is episode 90, Holy actually. Shit. Big nine zero, ten away from the triple digits, which only Coffee and Contemplation still holds at the moment. Really? Yep. Catching up, oh, catching up. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that, that drip feed of coffee and contemplation just keeps them coming. <laughs> that slow, unsteady drip of coffee and contemplation. <laughs> and going. You, folk, how many coffee and contemplations would there be if the SoundCloud stuff was still around? Or, um, is the, or is the triple digits counting the SoundCloud stuff? It doesn't count that. It, I mean, it would probably shit. would have been like, I mean, it probably would have been closer to two... 250 it would have been great if you were like it probably would be closer to a thousand fuck no dude i mean like well with that, that being when, said like half of the other you half snooze, of the po- news yeah that, it. that's it like half of the podcast where you snooze you news and then the other like okay not half like 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 dude we should take m- most of it was coffee and contemplation a third of it was probably you snooze you news like a, a quarter of it was the sea wraps and then like <laughs> random shit in between <laughs> we should pull we should pull uh you snoozy news out of the old heart radio vault it needs to happen at some point it need it needs to I've, I've been trying to find uh let's say anchors if you will for that show for a while but it's because it's not going to be me that's the thing i've been committed to it is i'm my voice is on enough fucking podcasts and so else. i want i want fresh fucking takes you know what i mean yeah. like maybe the, maybe we should get j jonah jameson there you go Spoderman's out to get you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. So, uh, I just, whenever I think that, like, you've seen Whiplash, right? No. Okay, well. You're the second person that's brought that movie up to me. It's today. so good. So good. That's so uh, random, though. Well, J. Joe, it's angry J.K. Simmons. Yeah. But then you have his, like, calm voice acting persona of Tenzin. And then you have other angry J.K. Simmons and Invincible. He does have quite the range, that guy. You think he's one a one-dimensional character actor, but... Yeah. And then he's an at-peace airbender. Yeah, exactly. The mo- the most fucking zen homie on the planet. <laughs> Tenzin's great. J. J. Joe Jameson, they were really... This is not a spoiler for Spider-Man. No, we'll everybody, know, everybody knows he's in. Um, he, they, they're throwing some shade at Alex Jones, and oh, I fucking love it. I love it, dude. Yeah, it was yeah. so funny. The... We'll so, talk about that uh, in a in a second, but yeah, you're right, dude. Like, I do think that was a really funny like move because like you 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 know his supplements <laughs> when they yeah exactly when they reintroduced him. The J. Jonah Jameson. They kind of gave that male vitality. Yeah, they kind of gave that vibe, dude, and like they just really embraced it. They really here. did. Um, you know, they were going to in some of the promotional material. It looks like they cut it from the movie, but Betty Brant was going to be his intern. Okay. They're like, maybe we don't make like Ned's ex-girlfriend the fucking intern for Alex Jones. 
I mean, yeah, that's the danger though, right? Is yeah. that is that like as you continue to build this universe, Betty Brant rightly belongs at the Daily Bugle, but yes. but maybe not this ba- Daily but Bugle. maybe not this Daily Bugle. Um, uh, there are other options out there uh, in in the multiverse <laughs> of madness. Uh, so. First off, uh, first thing in the show, we're going to be getting into deep spoilers in Spider-Man later. The but, uh, Spooderman. The Spooderman. Overall, we can't really talk much about this movie without spoiling something for somebody. If you uh, haven't watched it, if you are a fucking lucky bastard that hasn't seen shit online, we don't want to ruin this for you. Good fucking luck. So, avoid, in my avoid, opinion... Avoid, avoid, man. It was, Not this podcast. Yeah, avoid avoid the, the, the internet. Except for this podcast. Yeah. Download this off the off the internet and then listen to and, it and, and shut then the internet down. Turn on airplane mode. mode. <laughs> yeah. The um So in my opinion, really fucking good movie. Mm-hmm. In the ter- in terms of MCU films mm-hmm. up there in my books. MCU films or Sony films? <laughs> <laughs> There's one Sony film that beats it into the Spider-Verse. But the uh and barely. Um, I think, uh, that's a gutsy call, dude. That's dude, a good, <laughs> you know, I've, I've felt vindicated in that because Kate agrees with me, but, um, good movie. Go watch it. Definitely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was made all the better that I was watching it at 1030 at night on opening night Bomb. in a theater that was having an absolute blast, but not like being annoying. That's you cool. Know? Yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll give more specific examples once we get to the end of this episode. For sure. But what do you think? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you're definitely going to miss an opportunity if you don't go fucking see this in theaters. It's one of those movies that this is the tentpole movie you want to fucking see in a theater, man. This is why you go to it, you know, for that experience. Why do you think Jared missed Eternals? Yeah, exactly. Like, like that's a great example. Like Eternals was like kind of like a benign thing that you can you can check out when it comes out. And like this was something that drew your fucking attention. You know what I mean? And, uh, definitely, you definitely want to get your butts in a, in a, in a seat. Like I was telling you, you know, telling Lucas before recording, uh, we know this family that has been like, and they've they've been like they can't they can't get fucking four tickets together in a row to go see the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I got a fucking like I straight up asked Nadine one evening. I was like, "How badly do you want to go see it?" And she's like, "I want to watch it." And I was like, well, "That's that doesn't help me. Clearly, clearly not bad <laughs> enough. Like you'll be fine if I go see it by myself. I just got myself a fucking single ticket at, yeah. at like the end I of got, a row that was in a full fucking house. I got like, myself." I was refreshing the page on mm. Crashed Fandango. Oh yeah, and I got myself tickets at like eleven thirty at night the day they were put out. Yeah, so, dude, like it was it was a fucking hunt to get tickets for this movie. It was man, I got lucky. I got I got like a random five fucking like five thirty showing. When you text me saying <laughs> I'm going at five thirty, I was like this motherfucker I was, like, <laughs> I was like damn dude like well cause that's always been something that's so confused uh, it's so confusing to me right it's like they'll give you the release date yeah but then like more and more lately the day before it's the release date is in. like it's like a whole fucking day of showings now so it's like why isn't the release date just you know December what? 16th yeah, <laughs> or you know, whatever Yo, I think it it's because there's like a firmer release date in like the European markets mm. and they usually get it a day ahead fair enough they just yeah that's the stagger uh but yeah anyway definitely definitely go see this movie um if, if you don't want it to be ruined don't listen to the rest of this podcast <laughs> or or but make sure you come back and listen to it if you have seen it or don't care about spoilers yeah there's something that we always do always do first on this show what's that 
It's uh, the gaming minute. <laughs> there it is. Um, I have a few things. Uh, three things in particular. Uh, a couple trailers and a bit of news. Right. So, um, the Game Awards happened. Yeah. Um, Forza didn't get it because it wasn't fucking nominated. And I actually wouldn't expect it to win. But there's an incredible independent gaming studio that develops these co-op games. They made a game called It Takes Two this year. I think I mentioned it to you a while back. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of vaguely remember yeah. it. And I've seen like some... Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like this like fantasy type game of like these... Like parents on the cusp of getting a divorce, and like their kid made like two effigies of them. Hmm. They're these little toys. They're like sort of adorable. Yeah. And the kid like cries when she overhears that they're getting a divorce, and they're doesn't sound like a very fun game. So their consciousness gets (laughs) (laughs) gets pulled into these fucking dolls. Okay. And And they go on like this fantastical adventure. Where there is like this, the Book of Love, yeah. which is definitely voiced in like a parody of Antonio Banderas, <laughs> is like trying to make them fall back in love and like get their shit together so they can take care of their kid. Okay. Because all their problems with each other are petty. This sounds like, I mean, this sounds like a weird premise for a game. I'm not going to well, lie. This, in, this studio made a very serious like drama, like m- what I call a movie game. Okay. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like it sounds like more like a an, like a Pixar movie exactly. or something like that. Well, it very much so in like the style and like how it's stylized, mm-hmm. but it's like a platformer, like a sort of like cartoony co-op split screen platformer. Gotcha. And stuff like that isn't made anymore. There aren't like Fair. like couch like co-op games that are made anymore. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> and like it was I played through the whole thing with Kate. Mm. It was the most fucking fun. That I that I had playing a game this year. Okay. Like I think, from like a technical perspective, Forza Horizon was the best. From like a just playing myself, mm-hmm. like Halo was fucking incredible. Fair. But I had so much fun playing It Takes Two with Kate that okay. it's like, and it won, and it was like what like best game. It won best game of twenty twenty one, and it was like no one expected it, hmm. and. Like it was going like Metroid Dread had a nomination, Deathloop, Resident Evil, yeah. like these big names that yeah, were yeah. very highly acclaimed. It Takes Two was really highly acclaimed, but it was like a sleeper among these giants. Hmm. And what's so cool it about shook the shook up the awards. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I talked about the Game Awards problems a couple episodes back, but it is sort of cool that this shows that like, even though like there wasn't much major discourse about this recently, mm-hmm. people in the gaming community voted on it and were like, uh, yeah, this is great. This is great. And even even though that's, it wasn't talked about much, these that's democracy, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Enough people were like, "This is <laughs> this game was great." Yeah. Probably unconscious of the fact that so many other people were agreeing with them. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awesome. The lead developer went up to like take the award, and the game awards are also super casual. He's in like jeans and a t shirt, and he goes, "I'm like, fuck the Oscars," <laughs> and. and uh, Accepts his award, like, does a short little speech. It was very, nice. very nice. Hell yeah. And um, I, I was like, fuck yes, this is great, independent studio. If you haven't played It Takes Two and you can, fucking do it. It's it so takes fun. Two. It uh, It heals so, my relationship. Does it... I'm you, you literally can't play it by yourself? You can't play it by yourself. Dang. It is... So it's not for the lonely. It's not for the lonely. You can play it online. <laughs> 
I'll give I'll give I'll give you that. You can play it with somebody oh, okay. who is like okay, playing yeah. on another console. Find a friend online. Find a friend online, yeah. but like a major part of the experience is sitting with somebody and doing it. Yeah. And cooperating in that sense. So that's interesting. If you can, it's like and it's perfect for me as a gamer and somebody whose girlfriend is like not a super big gamer. Mm. Um it was super easy to get through. I recommend it to literally anyone. Nice. And it put a huge smile on my face when I heard it one game of the year because I just didn't expect it. Hell yeah. Um, That's but, always nice. About, uh, when, the, uh, when the awards go to something that it actually deserves. It. Exactly. <laughs> and especially something that you were like, the politics of this doesn't add up. Yeah. But it's not, it's actually, it's actually democracy. <laughs> so Exactly, man. It, yeah. The voices have spoken. So here we go then. The voices Speaking of the game spoken. awards. This is a trailer for an upcoming Star Wars game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Revealed I, at the game awards. That's what I was wondering. I, I couldn't. I didn't. I haven't watched this yet. Okay, but I, so, I was wondering if this was a game. I will or give you. I will give you necessary else. context after we watch this. The one thing that I think is important to note is that uh, EA had the exclusive license to Star Wars for years. They had it for like eight mm. years, and they yeah. made three fucking games. Yeah, they definitely. Oh, they did made four not, games. Did not do well. They with made that. two Battlefronts, both of which were panned upon initial release, and Battlefront Two is actually. Yeah. Very fun right now. Yeah, people can pan as much as they want, but but their first Battlefront 2 fucking slayed. incredible. <laughs> yeah, genuinely great game. But And then they made Jedi Fallen Order and Rogue Squadron. Okay. Bo- yeah, both yeah. good games, but there just wasn't enough. Yeah. So now um, they still can make Star Wars games with licensing permission from Disney. It's like but Sony now, and Marvel, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But now anyone can. Any developer can make a pitch to Disney and be like, Star Wars game. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, that's how you're gonna pull in some different fucking like viewpoints. We've and talked some different about, fucking perspective. We've on talked this about universe. this with the with the Mandalorian Definitely. many times. Is that the beauty of the Mandalorian is that you have people that love Star Wars, mm-hmm. who have who grew up loving Star Wars, coming to the age where they can produce Star Wars content. Totally. And their love for it shines through, and they have a better understanding of it than the business people who are sort of running the IP. Oh, yeah. And making the executive decisions. Yeah. So this is just a trailer. There's not even a firm release date. It's just sort of like a concept. Okay. So let's check it out. This is Star Wars Eclipse. Let's go. You might crank, pump, pump the volume on this one. It's sick. And just the imagery is wicked. I'm gonna say like your initial thoughts. This is all CGI. It's fucking nuts. (laughs) It looks so good. Yeah, it's always one of those things. It's like if a game was like this, I mean. Okay. Interesting time frame. Yeah, I, I know exactly where it takes place. They, they announced it. 
of these drummers? I know, man. It's fucking weird. Damn, dude, the scope. I know, it's fucking nuts. This eclipse, too. Who's that supposed to be? No one knows. Interesting. So, this takes place during the High Republic era. Makes sense. So, 400 years before the movies, at yeah. most. Well, I mean, I'll say that, you know, if they made a fucking movie, <laughs> I'd watch it. It looks <laughs> sick. I mean, like... What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I mean, like, they're doing... That's the question, right? Star Wars has made that push into that High Republic era. Like, that's their extended universe type thing that they're doing right now. Yeah. Like, I guess there's a few comics running. There are a few novels that have been made in that era. Well, it's always been an area of fascination. You know what I mean? There's lore that's yeah. been built around it. And again, it's like, you've had... There's that... There's that... Very small pockets of, like... I mean, you have, like, know, the Old Republic. Me. Yeah. Which is, like way before even the high republic yeah and people fucking love that mythos definitely and then you have like the more present eras where like the prequels into mm -hmm. the main trilogies and like those are two white that's such a fucking white gap there's it's so huge. much to do in there and that's what i mean it's like there's been some like world building but they've there's never been like a push to flush it out exactly and, and you know you're seeing uh animated series and like you know things that have been like kind of teased yeah by by the comp by the company but now they're like these games like this are a smart way of perhaps yeah. like expanding the stories so within there you what's know what interesting I, mean? I don't know if it's going to be exactly like their previous games but quantic dreams is developing that and they're very much like i was talking about movie games mm -hmm. earlier they do that type of stuff even more there. so than that other developer they are like a completely narrative pseudo like visual novel type thing hmm. where hmm. or where you are able to make choices each choice has a slight impact on the ending of the game yeah or Got that some fable vibe exactly so like they made um oh beyond two souls hmm. and they made um Oh my god, it's escaping me. But there was a a, skate, a skating game. No, <laughs> skate skate five. Um, no, but they made a game about like androids gaining sentience a few years ago, and oh, yeah. it was all based on like, like it was all it asked questions about like, like what humanity was, what being sentient is, like fair enough. And it had, it was apparently very like compelling in the narrative hmm. department. Like it was it was fucking nuts and. 
like it intrigues me to see what they're gonna do with a Star Wars game because yeah. if they've like shown narrative chops at coming up with original content, mm-hmm. and they're sort of given free reign in this area of Star Wars that hasn't really been touched on. It could be super interesting. You know, my money's on that actually being like a young Yoda. Hmm. Well, yeah, it sort of it's be. it lines up. He's in the council room. Well, yeah, exactly. And the fucking the Voldemort drummers. Um, I don't know what the there, deal is because I would I would imagine honestly I I bet that there's like a little bit about that and that's not even like a main focus. It's exactly. probably just like a trailer thing that they want a cinematic thing that they I want have a to feeling, like so, touch so on. The deal with the High Republic is that the Sith are essentially gone at that point. Like they're in hiding. Yeah, it looks like somebody's coming back. Exactly. Uh, Plagueis? That's what I was wondering. There's like it looked almost like a white. I know. On the back it like, you know, like it could be like a <laughs> Like, um, I don't know, a foreshadowing of the mask. You Who knows? Know? Like, Dude, I'm so, I'm just like so intrigued because it's such a cool area to like fill out. Mm-hmm. And while there isn't a release date, there's not really anything concrete about when that's going to come out. It's very interesting to see something totally new from Star Wars and also for it to be a kick-ass trailer. Yeah. Because that's a fucking sick cinematic. A, yeah. It looks, it looks fucking slick, man. Like... Yeah, I'm interested to see, like, how that further develops, what the gameplay might look like further down the road and stuff. Yeah. I mean, because that's always what breaks me is like, I don't know if it's gonna be an action game yeah. or if it's like some of their previous games. Like, I would love there to be some kind of like linear, like type of like not like corridor fighting, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like some story based action. Yeah. But like their old, their previous games are like quick time events and okay. like. With and like quick decision making type things mm-hmm. of like speech based stuff, fair. Which could be an interesting way to tell a Star Wars story. Oh yeah, totally. You don't always need where it's like that... full on action. Exactly. You know I think I, mean? I think there's something incredibly suspenseful and incredibly engaging about like like vocal sparring. Mm. You know, where one character's trying to get above the other, not by fighting, but by yeah. literally getting the leg up through an argument. Yeah, and. It makes it even more engaging when you are like choosing the voice line and you can either sink yourself or like push yourself over. Hell yeah. Like, usually yeah. that's what they've done. I've, I'm still forgetting the name of the other game, but like you would get like for the like A, X, Y, B, mm-hmm. you'd have like a different prompt for each of them and then like a timer quickly turning where you had like, you to only say have some... like a certain amount of time to yeah. throw something back and into the combo. It's made so you can't really read all of them. So you have to just so you sort of have to go of, with your gut. Yeah, you have to like get a bit and then go for it. Interesting. And then, or you just don't say anything, and it usually devolves worse if you don't do anything <laughs> within the time. So yeah, you just make the situation worse. Yeah, um, I think one of them, one that like that previous game I was talking about, the androids. There's like a big, there's a very popular demo, and it was a hostage situation, mm. and they showed like five different ways it could go. Oh, okay. And it was fucking incredible. <laughs> like, Damn, dude. Like, completely different endpoints yeah. for each of them. That's so, interesting. Um, I'm intrigued to see what happens. What else you got game in minute? So, this is... Um, Assassin's Creed is doing something different. I really enjoy Assassin's Creed. And I really love how they tie into sort of some of the, like, legends or the myth mythologies of the past. Totally. Valhalla, Valhalla did that in a very interesting way. It seems like they've been they've done it in like probably the be- one of the best ways. Exactly. Like I mean, like I don't know if I explained to you what the deal was in Valhalla, but there's this in in Assassin's Creed in general. There's this like 
ancient race of like mm-hmm. proto humans that were very technologically advanced okay. that got wiped out by a solar flare. Shit. And they essentially hid modern humans in like a subterranean cave system and then released them once all the radiation would. <laughs> I know it's fucking crazy. What? But all the like Greek gods, the Asgardians, mm-hmm. they're all people. Okay. From that previous race and like they've so it's like it's kind of like an eternal situation it, sort of actually sort of like an eternal <laughs> but they actually died <laughs> like but what's interesting is Not that so immortal now yeah so what's interesting <laughs> is that there are these in assassin's creed there was this thing called like the sage the sage was this previous i think they call him like precursor or something like that um he was a precursor who had essentially put his his genetic identity mm-hmm. into the human genome so like okay. every once in a while he would be reincarnated oh. with all of his previous memories. Whoa. And like the calling cards that he'd have a yellow eye. And like okay. in a bunch of the Assassin's Creed games, overtly or not overtly, you'd run into him in like all these different time periods. Huh. And like sometimes he would be like That's kind of appearing a plot. Yeah, it's very interesting. Sometimes he'd be like sort of like like a whack job, like something had gone wrong with the reincarnation. Everybody mm. thought he was like schizophrenic or something. Sometimes he would be like running the Knights Templar because he had such a fucking breadth of knowledge. Yeah. Um, in Valhalla, they made it so all the Norse gods did it. Okay. And a bunch of the main characters in Valhalla are reincarnations of these Norse gods. Okay. But rather, but something had gone wrong and the two consciousnesses of the actual person and the reincarnated spirit are like constantly in conflict. Oh, okay. Fighting each other for control. Gotcha. And, and it's this big thing in Assassin's Creed where, in, in Valhalla, where, like, one of them is, like, Zeus is, or not Zeus, fuck. <laughs> Odin is trying to take control of Eivor, the main character, for most of the movie. For most of the movie. For most of the game. What the fuck? I'm, I'm all over the place today. For oh, most of the game. Oh. And he's trying to make him, like, obsessed with glory and victory and all that type of stuff. Okay. But he eventually sort of like pushes it aside towards the end of the game becomes more measured. He's like, nah, I don't want to. Exactly. Well, there's this expansion coming and it looks like it's going to be taking place in the immediate aftermath of Ragnarok. Okay. In the ancient past in like a stylized way. So. Interesting. How the fuck does this fit in? Yeah. I don't know, but it looks sick. But there's a fucking cinematic trailer. Here it is. Oh, it's muted. noble realm has been torn asunder. Also, this is the first time they're ever doing a expansion. I wonder about that. Like a, a year later, rather than running a whole, right, putting out a whole new title. Yeah. And it's cheaper. That's well, which is good. Makes sense. Also, Assassin's Creed makes some sick trailers. We tell each other Everybody dies. Destroyer! 
Huh? See, there you go. Went back to the normal guy. Yeah. Deceiver! Dang, dude. Oh, that's fucking sick. It's just like sucking life force out of these motherfuckers. I know. It's nuts. Defire! the deal is but yeah. it looks good <laughs> again yeah this i mean the the tr the cinematics look fucking awesome i mean i imagine once they give you some more details about what the like what the actual deal is with it yeah i mean i really enjoyed the first valhalla and we watched the uh, the first iteration of valhalla mm. and we watched the cinematic trailer for it a while back and it's fucking sick yeah, her, it's it's one of those like those games you just hear nothing but good things about. I know. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one of those. It definitely has its flaws, but For it's. Sure, but... I I think that there's more. Um, there's there's a lot to enjoy when you take your sort of uh, your serious analytical glasses off. I feel oh, like yeah. we we have a lot of these days, but um, I'm excited to see what happens. And it is cool that like more games are going through the expansion model. It is more consumer friendly. It's more, it isn't, it definitely isn't as profitable, hmm. <laughs> but there's also less expense involved to these, to the companies. Yeah. And like, there's been a ton of stuff lately about more like developers trying to be friendlier to the developers, not make mm. them crunch so hard, not make them work overtime. I mean, like a fucking expose came out about Bungie the other day, <laughs> overworking their employees. So it's like, it's good that they're sort of doing these, going these routes of, maybe less development time, maybe mm -hmm. less substantive of an experience at a lower price tag. But maybe what we'll get around the corner is going to be even better because of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop people from consuming you know, it won't. video games in any sort if they it won't. if everybody just started doing that. You know exactly. I, mean? I think it would just evolve. Like everything, everything needs to evolve. Yeah, it'll just, it would just change how the market fucking works yeah. and that's that's not a bad thing you know not I mean? at all i don't know but and also i just think the the god aesthetic is fucking sick like oh, Assassin's creed yeah. does something really cool with like translating translating mythology into actual imagery like mm. the egyptian game was fucking sick yeah the the uh the greek game is awesome game like wrestle down a minotaur was fucking awesome so like it just it makes me excited to see what's gonna be what they're gonna do in this one hell yeah we finally leave the gaming minute um and emerge well, I mean, like, kind of speaking of expanding on fucking properties. Yeah. This is kind of a fitting fitting thing right after there. Yeah. Uh, you know. Looks like you queued up uh, the new Fantastic Beasts trailer. Trailer. The Secrets of Dumbledore. The Secrets of have Dumbledore. You, they could you, have come up with a better name. They could have. <laughs> have you, um, did you see the second one? Uh, yeah, I, I, I believe so. I, I'm pretty sure. I it's did. a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, it wasn't really like the first one was really cool and this really awesome world building movie. Absolutely. Like for, for what like for what it was, you know yeah. what I mean? 
But like the second one, they just stayed in that world. It didn't really expand too much. Yeah, like, we're in Paris. Correctly. Yeah, and it was like, I don't know. It, 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 having it, visions of World War Two. It was a fine sequel, but it wasn't like <sighs> like most sequels. It definitely doesn't didn't live up to the first. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, th- this, you know, and I think I think there's something very interesting about these movies in particular, mm. um, like with the characters that are in them. Mm-hmm. But there's like, especially in the second one, they just fucking squandered it. Like it I just did. So, it just but... didn't land. Yeah. And also, that second movie is so much set up that Kate, who loves Harry Potter, mm-hmm. actually hates J.K. Rowling, but loves Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> the classic George Lucas situation. <laughs> yeah. Except George Lucas wasn't really like transphobic. Yeah. Anyways. There you go. I was I was gonna throw in that caveat if you didn't. Um, but. I think uh, she she loves those books. It, mm-hmm. it really defined her childhood. I didn't get into it until later. Mm. Um, she really she enjoys the first movie. She hates the second one, but she's smart enough to be know that like it was all set up mm. and like in a bad way. <laughs> like it was such a yeah. part one to like to set up a part two that it had nothing substantive. Yeah, and it sort of just like dropped you off halfway through the second act. Yeah, it kind of just, like, it was there to, like, I mean, it was there to, like, kind of probably just make some money, you know? Probably. Be, like, I mean, you could have you could have even probably, tilt, like, put the setup in the beginning of a film. Absolutely. The beginning of this fucking film. That whole movie and, could uh, have been consolidated into, like, <laughs> tops 20 minutes you know what I mean? of a movie. And, like, and so, yeah, it's, like, I don't know. It... it <laughs> For a money grabbing movie, it wasn't a bad one. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> it, bad. It, 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 like it was, it was an, an, it was entertaining for what it was. You I'll know what put I mean? down money saying it will be remembered near a more. Well, none of these fantastic Morbius. None of these fantastic beast movies will be remembered kindly. They'll yeah. be they'll be looked at as like an attempt to expand a franchise of series of property that have, have doesn't you, necessarily. It won't necessarily. Have expand. you have you watched this? Yeah. Okay. Here, I'm just gonna turn. I'm just gonna get going. Then. Yeah. We we just sort of talk. I about watched it. Jude, Jude Law's in it. Nobody fucking cares. Like. <laughs> I think Jude Law's great. I think Jude Law's a fucking tool. Like. I was <laughs> The Jude Law. Okay. So my problem with him being in that role. That would be my brother. Is that, that Jude Law brother. is just like a, he's a fucking one-dimensional act. He's coming undone. You know what I mean? Like. I like him. If you're gonna bother, if you're gonna bother making if we're to these movies and these characters, the at least like I don't know. I think give me it. something better. I think Newt we got, Yeah, we got fucking Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen. recast as recast as Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp recasts Mads Mikkelsen. The team gonna take <laughs> yeah, Grindelwald has three different alter egos at this point. Magizoologist, these indispensable You know, I think Newt Scamander is a very fun character. Wizard descended from a very old and family, a school teacher. I think that Mads Mikkelsen is like if you opened a box labeled bad guy, and he's definitely gonna be better than Giant Up, but. Yeah, right well, Giant. I mean, dude, Giant Depp as he's gotten older, his acting is just fucking blown. Like it's gone, it's gone off the deep end. Like he really waits for like a role that'll cater to his persona. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, and the, he just, doesn't act. He just is Johnny Depp. Yeah, it's like just go be drunk on stage and pretend to play guitar. Like, yeah. although I can't knock him, he can't play guitar. So. <laughs> uh, Shit like this, that I, that I do enjoy this sort of like dumb stuff with Newt. 
Newt's such an endearing totally. character. I mean, that's the only reason why this franchise works is, is because Eddie you get to see so fun. Well, you get to see the world through the eyes of somebody who's just like incredibly kind and like just trying to do the right stuff. Yeah. So it kind of gives you this nice segue. You don't have any bias through Newt you necessarily. Yeah. You know, I think Kate mentioned this. This is badass. I think like the fighting in Harry Potter could be so fucking cool. We don't see so much of it in the original movies. Yeah. But it could be so sick. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, that makes sense because, you know, all that original work was, I mean, they're, they're really tried to, they, well, they tried to showcase it in the last movies, you know what I mean? And they did a pretty damn good job of it. That, that, um, that Dumbledore versus Voldemort fight. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. good. In the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Mm -mm. And yeah, you can tell that like, that's the kind of stuff that influences some of the fighting sequences that we'll see in this movie. You know what I mean? If they make Jacob like a wizard somehow, I'm going to be livid. Well, he's like, I mean, he's going to be like uh, the fucking, he's going to be like Filch where it's like, (laughs) well, no, it's like, I can't remember the name of it. There's like a specific term for it. uh, And it's like, you're like a, like a non-magic user who can sometimes use magic Oh, and like, or some shit like that, you know? And that's why like Filch doesn't always, he doesn't have like a wand, but he can like, yeah, it's like. You know, it's like it's like uh, those like those characters they introduced in um, the fucking Star Wars movie. Oh, uh, Rogue One, where it's like you know, yeah, it's like the yeah, people yeah. like the the people like, like they're they're force sensitive but not sensitive yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, oh, cheer it, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I want like the force the force of the force of me. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, he um, wants magic and magic will be with him. He's not so, a Jedi, but um, uh, yeah, it'll be. I'm in, I'm intrigued. Know. I want to see how it turns out because like. I guess I didn't. I didn't expect you to not like Jude Law as passionately as it appears to do. But well, he's just one of those. Like he's just one of those actors. You've seen him for enough fucking time that like you realize that he just doesn't do much different in a role. And like, and so you're just sort of like, all right, I get it. Like, I think he's charismatic and likable. That's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that we can both agree on: this has given us some Hufflepuff love. Oh, that was kind of a fun little little no, throw for those, to the house. For those that know? don't know, maybe haven't been listening for very long. Me and Jared are both Hufflepuffs. You gotta be. That's those are the that's the first time Hufflepuff has been awarded points in a movie. <laughs> Seriously. That's fucking funny, actually. That's great. Uh I mean this this is a, a prime example of a movie that like like if this was to pop up on streaming yeah. and in theaters at the same time, I would definitely watch it at home. Yeah, you know, oh, but yeah. like just because just because it'd be it'd be an entertaining watch. You know, it's gonna be a fun movie. Yeah, uh, I will only go like, out of my way to watch this in theaters if I hear it's kick ass. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, that's what that that's. I mean, that's one of the fun things about waiting for reviews and shit. In a way, yeah. where it's like okay, like once you start hearing that hype, like awesome. Let me go fucking check it out. But uh, there are a few sources that you can trust, and if they like it, yeah, but then you're like, like I'm down. But it's it's just it, if I hear like meh, then I'm not gonna watch it. For me, it's like it's really hard. Like I love the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Like I love like the the world that, that they built, and like I was like hyped about it when I was a kid. Get like and they were just coming out and shit. And yeah. um, I, it's 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 just like it's like I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that they can like successfully expand the story if they want to, but I don't think it necessarily from from my interest in Harry Potter, it doesn't necessarily lie outside of that original yeah. body of like story. You That's know fair. what I mean? You uh, know, it definitely it definitely falls 
like uh, it sort of reminds me of the sequel trilogy to Star Wars. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's where there there are ways to ex- they're trying to expand the universe. Yeah, but it's sort of showing the growing pains of that attempted ex- like yeah. expansion. And I, ma- I imagine like if it continued and you know things kind of trickled out, uh, yeah. you know, from this property every now and then, then in an, a certain amount of time we would have where we have with like a property like Star Wars, for instance, yeah. where it's like. You know, the, somebody who grew up with it will like have be like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna write this amazing fucking story and yeah. like bang it out and like boom." I mean, look you at know. that. Look at that Hogwarts Legacy game. Oh yeah, dude that that thing that thing looked fucking cool. Yeah, and we haven't heard about anything about it for a year because they've just been entrenched in development. Yeah, but like that's some that's a passion project. Yeah, I, and like, exactly, it's like shit like that. And and I mean, because you cannot forget that Harry Potter fucking ruled the world. Yeah, for a, for a certain period of time, man, it was like all the fucking hype. Yeah, like you know, like fucking Hastings bookstores would have like midnight Harry Potter releases with like you know people like signed books or whatever the Dude, fuck. And Kate like went to him when she was a kid. You know what I mean? And like it's you know, there's been so many like properties like that since harry potter well i think like harry potter harry potter broke that fucking mold exactly me and like and then like you have like like things like twilight that kind of got like real high well like no joke no no, you're not wrong it was like it was like the next kind of like tweeny sort of like book series that fucking captured whole shit like that like and it became like a popular way of trying to like create a huge franchise i think it might have been like some of the earliest days of like online hype and like media sort of making something explode you totally know? totally that would have been widely loved already yeah but like it was that shared awareness of everyone loving it was it. the ability for fucking young people to communicate their love for this shit yeah to each other you know what i mean Fuck, dude, at, and, at the at the ripe age of 23 i went and found out what my patronus was so i mean like there's dude, there's, there's hype still you don't always have to be a muggle you don't always <laughs> you can be a hufflepuff it was a black swan patronus like myself but yeah like i mean i'll definitely go like i'll i'll wait to check this out for sure yeah it, uh, i will consider going and watching it on a day off for like a matinee showing yeah sure give me if, a cheap ticket and I'll, if i might go i hear it's really good you know otherwise if i hear that's fine i will wait until it's on streaming yeah i mean it's i'm out I'm wait out. fuck it's gonna be on peacock never mind fuck him <laughs> um so, shall we get into the real meat of this? Wait, what's wrong with Peacock? I'm not even going to respond to that. <laughs> Let's talk about Hawkeye. <laughs> we're getting uh, there, listeners. Yeah, we're yeah. So, there. We're, almost, we're almost a Spoderman. So, uh, if you've been following the series thus far, you've been notice- noticing that we're creeping and crawling closer and closer to bigger and bigger reveals, we'll say. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had, you know, a Black Widow... Uh, show up in the series yeah. now, and we have uh... Florence Pugh is I I really like Florence Pugh. She's a I mean she's, she's fun. just yeah over the top in everything she's in. Yeah, and I would I'm... say like they're gonna have to want they're gonna have to like give her the Wanda treatment where they either like decide <laughs> that she needs to actually do her accent well or she needs to just stop with it. You know David Harbor, <laughs> he made a statement. Uh, it was an interview when Black Widow was coming out, and he was like, "I hated having to do a Russian accent speaking oh, yeah. English. I just wanted to learn to speak Russian." Yeah, though I honestly I would have much preferred that. Like I I don't mind reading fucking subtitles. I know how to read folks but yeah you but know i think she is a really charismatic fucking person in that position in that she has role, a great presence you know what i mean but her going 
my sister. Yeah, dude, it, it gets a little old is... after like a, f- a fucking monologue or two. Yeah, I think I think like there's some moments where you're like, whatever, like when she's doing the hot sauce and the fucking mac and cheese and going, yeah, yeah. yes, like that's fine. But, totally, totally. But like when they get into the serious stuff, it sort of undercuts it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, <laughs> like I'm pretty exactly. Sure that scene that was meant to be very serious, like it was a fun, it was a very fun scene that interaction between her, uh, and... her and Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. But when it got real. And she's like, my sister is not expendable. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I think they really, like, I think they tried to make it, like, a little, they probably tried to put serious tones in that, like, a scene like that, and they just probably had to roll with the comedy of it. That scene was killing it while it was, like, having a good time. Yeah, exactly. And, but then once it got serious, I was like, mm, immersion broken. Yeah. Well, and that's just, like, to me, like, the way I look at those kind of scenes in, these, in movies like these or yeah. shows like these, like, that that's like a really good example of like a rip from fucking comics right where yeah. it's like you you know you're having this like disarming situation happening yeah. because of like certain elements like yeah. her you know speech pattern or how she's fucking with kate and like you yeah. know during the conversation making a joke about like if i would if i wanted to kill you yeah. you would already be dead. and it's all centered around like you know them sitting down in like a burnt half burnt a fucking apartment eating shitty mac and cheese you know and so it's like it it's it's just, <laughs> it, it works i'll, I'll, give, know? I'll it really give it works. to ford's pew yelena in that scene is incredibly disarming yeah. For a, for a it's, mercenary. It's one of the most human, probably, like, interactions you see or have for, like, uh, outside, uh, you know, outside of uh, like dealing scene. with, like, ScarJo, basically, yeah. you know? Like, so outside, like, that dinner scene in Black yeah, Widow. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Which, I also, I mean, this is absolutely what they're setting up. Mm-hmm. They're, like, the next generation Black Widow and Hawkeye oh, yeah, are totally. going to be best friends. Totally. It, I'm excited for that because that scene was so fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's what that was like why that was such an important scene in that episode yeah. to have, you know, because it's like like you said like that's clearly the direction that they're trying to to head and this is like shows like this are like attempts for the company overall to see if the, these things will probably stick, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if will these characters work together? Will it like, you know, hold people's attention and everything, yeah. you know? And it does. Um I think this but, and this episode was just sick all right. Yeah. Definitely. You have that great fight between Echo and Hawkeye. Hawkeye yeah. donning the Ronin outfit one more time. Yeah, man. I mean, and that, what was some like that Batman cool. level shit taking down those guys? Yeah, that. I mean, that that shit was impressive. You know <laughs> what was, I mean? Like, and you, it was well shot too. Yeah, because you don't. I mean, that's the thing that the series has done a really interesting job of is like, you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily just think of Hawkeye as like the guy who can shoot a bow. Yeah. Because in the other movies, he does do other shit. He's just like, he's a very um, capable but, human. But in this show, they do this interesting thing where they like make you realize, like they give make you realize that like that, like he, every, so many people think he's just this dude with a bow. And yeah. so that's like this layer to this character. And then like, as you get deeper into the episode, you're just like, holy shit, dude. Like, this is just a dude who hasn't been unleashed. Like, yeah. and yeah, that, that was a moment that you definitely saw where it's like, okay, he has a skill set that doesn't get fucking touched these days. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like, he really is just like, he is a spec ops yeah. mercenary who's trained in stealth. Yeah. Who coincidentally... It also makes sense that he uses a bow and arrow because it's completely silent. Yeah, and and you know that that's just the point that in an inter- interaction between him and Kate, like they, you know, he like 
he's very straightforward. It's just like, you know, calls himself like a weapon uh, that's aimed basically or something, yep. you know, and uh, that's not far from the truth for what he was, you know. If only they had him say, this is my life as a weapon. <laughs> So, where did the most recent episode lead us? Oh, That's the question. Christ. Yo, ah, uh, oh, holy shit, man. So, number one, it looks like they're going the honest-to-God route with Echo, first off. Mm-hmm. Looks like the big guy, per se. Yeah, Fat Man Otto. Fat Man Otto uh, set up her dad. Or somebody in his ranks set up her dad. And it wasn't... Roden did kill him. Yeah. But he was specifically targeted. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, you know, there's that moment between Echo and her, like, right-hand home, that guy, Kazi. And, you know, she, like, immediately is, like, after that interaction with Ronan and learning this information, she's immediately, like, suspicious of him, for instance, you know. I bet I don't want to see a scene where she fucking kills him because that would no. be that'd be tough because he's like the only person that communicates with her like a fucking le- human. Also, you know? I think he's nice. He's not a bad character. I think he's one of those characters that you could like. You so could he's sort you, of fun. Yeah, you could mess with a little along yeah. the way. He's a good. Marvel's always had the, a good eye for side characters. You yeah. know what I mean? He's a uh, no. I'll say that joke. Never mind. We're gonna we'll get there later. <laughs> uh, he uh, no, but I like I like Kazi, and I think that what they're setting up with Echo is really fun. Mm. Quickly before we get to the fucking bombshell, I saw a very interesting theory that explains why Laura, Hawkeye's wife, is so fucking weirdly capable with like oh yeah finding stuff and like has expertise. She's got to have some sort of past, you know. Well, I, people were thinking that she was the first Mockingbird. Oh, maybe. I mean, that could be an interesting tie. Sort of lines up. Yeah. Wouldn't make sense. That'd be fun. Um, I wouldn't be mad about that. Wouldn't be mad if it was the little thing put in the mythos. <laughs> exactly. You know? Dude, just like put it in there. Or she's actually Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And uh, she's retired. She's and an expert. Yeah. She's an expert analyst for S.H.I.E.L.D. Fucking Linda Cardellini, everybody. <laughs> Linda Cardellini. Uh, um, but so, yeah, so. Yeah, the big bombshell is that Eleanor Bishop hired Kate Bishop. Or Kate Bishop. Hired... Yelena Belova, yeah. which, by the way, sort of cleared something in my mind that mm. Valentino wasn't just like trying to sow chaos for the Avengers. She's actually like a mercenary contractor. Yeah. Okay. So like there was an actual hit for Hawkeye. It was not Valentina being like, go let's, kill Hawkeye. Let's stir some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so Eleanor, Eleanor Bishop placed the hit mm. on Clint Barton and we see her meeting with... with the king, king pin man. Holy oh, shit. Wilson Fisk, and, big boy. And who is the kingpin? So, dude, it's it's our dude, Vincent it's, D'Onofrio. It's the man, the myth, the legend. Fucking immediate. Uh, the, and I love the title card at the end as well, where it's Haw- uh, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop being mm. silhouetted by oh, kingpin's yeah. silhouette. And fucking Vincent D'Onofrio immediately tweeted that screenshot with just the caption, when I was a boy. And I was like, and I read it like that. <laughs> My God, man. I'm like, so fucking glad that that worked out. Like, you know, when that, when that, like, yep. when that image came up on the screen, like, it, it was one of those moments that, like, I immediately thought, like, how fucking awesome one. I think my fist was in the air at that yeah, point. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure me, me and Kate, like, were like, ah! Yeah, 
And it's fucking awesome because it shows you that they pay attention to their fucking fans, yeah. man. Like they've listened to us all for the last fucking handful of years being like, we want these people back. Well, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio especially. Oh, fuck. I man. mean, like, there are some actors who are born to play a character. Dude, he owned Hugh Jackman was born to play Wolverine. Definitely. Rob Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. The Downey. Um... Tom Cruise was born to play Ethan Hunt. Um, <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio was born to play fucking Wilson Fisk. Dude. He's so good. He's he is, man. so good. He, it's, it, we've talked about it so much, but it's it's just the presence he brings. It's the fucking like, gravity that yeah. that dude's like voice brings to like the role. There is that you know, scene. so fucking much. There is that scene in um, Daredevil Season 2 mm. where the Punisher has just murdered a hallway full of prisoners. Oh, yeah. And he's in solitary confinement, and Wilson Fisk walks in. The Punisher's covered in blood and starts, like, fronting on him, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I'm just, like, that, and the way that he holds himself as Fisk, mm-hmm. that's sort of, like, up in up his own ass, but, like, a little bit, incredibly but... confident. Yeah. And just completely, like, steadfast. Yeah. Like, it's perfect for that character. It's, like, this really interesting mix of, like, reserved, but you, but, like, He's it's, like, like, it's just reserved fury. Like, you know that he can, like, at any moment get his hands on you and fuck you up. Yeah. But... He's, like he's he, choosing but, not to. Yeah, but he chooses not to, and and he he's just so busy, constantly manipulating everything around him. You know, and what if I mean? he's like, and if he can't manipulate the situation, just he take he takes your head off with the yeah. car door. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that's insane, dude. Like, one, like the first real brutal moment you see with Daredevil's fucking like <laughs> character, and you're just like, shit, Jesus dude. Christ, jeez. Yeah, I so wonder that, that was fucking amazing. That was an amazing moment. I, I wonder if we're gonna see a Vanessa. I mean, maybe. Who like, knows? That. Also, wait. Yeah. That... It doesn't look like he's too fat. No. He looks no. like he looks like D'Onofrio. That was the other thing I noted. Was oh that, my god. Was that there are so many rumors about the fat suit shit, right? And like, he looks normal. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I, I'm hoping that maybe that was just like, you know, that was a decision that they made like, after kind of gauging like the, back. you know, how people were just like, that would be silly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. I think that was a smart move for think, sure, you know. We were just I mean? But he about, did have his icon, like an iconic fucking white blazer. Yeah, you he, know? Would, he looked he, like the kingpin. Yeah. Oh, it's so. Cool. You know, it, we were so just talking about cool. Yelena Belova being disarming. Mm-hmm. Wilson Fisk is not supposed to be disarming. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to make you fucking cower. Yeah. He's supposed to be an incredibly intimidating presence and fat suit in live action with an no. already huge man like Vincent D'Onofrio no. would be just weird. It would make him look silly. Yeah. And and yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. That that was such a juicy moment. And then to have that happen right before like this next the, the movie that spoiler, dropped, spoiler, that dropped this week, you know what spoilers. I mean? Like if you're still listening so, and you don't want to have Spider-Man spoiled for you, I'm going to give you a 3 2 1 get count. Out, get out now. Give us a gavel or something. Oh yeah. On the third gavel, we go in, we go in. Matt Murdock! Oh my god! Yeah, dude, so... Like, five minutes into Spider-Man! It was... What was fucking awesome <laughs> was that you see Kingpin this week. Shortly thereafter, you see Matt Murdock. Oh man. my god! It was so fucking... So fucking cool. The moment you see that cane in the hand in the in the scene uh, in Spider-Man, yeah. you just know. 
So you know that they're going to show. And then like, they immediately, there's just like no holds, dude. No, like, it was no like, holds barred. You it was were, five minutes yeah. into the movie. And then just like full face Charlie Cox right did you, there. Did you, um, oh God. It was man. fucking epic, did dude. You, I don't know what kind of theater you were in, but my theater, like the, like the cane went down, the few knowing people went, oh, and then it pans around to his face and like applause. Yeah. For like just a moment, not really obstructing any of the dialogue, but just people were fucking hyped. Yeah, man. Including myself. Uh, I, I love that. It was interesting that like basically the moment that was rumored to happen, yeah. like, like happened. Yeah. It was exactly like that. It was so interesting. That was one of the things I thought when I was like watching this. I was like, I remember reading this exact scene. I know. Where it was like, you know, somebody throws a brick through a window. Matt turns around and, like, grabs, and grabs it right before Peter and go and says like, I'm a really good lawyer. And Peter <laughs> asks him how he does it. And you're, and you're just like, shit, dude. Like, wait, I mean, now that we're in spoilers, someone needs to get their shit together. They have a serious leaking issue. I mean, somebody, the, yeah, somebody. The post credits of Venom 2 was leaked before the movie even came out. And it's not like over the top for me to say that every single leak I saw about no way home was mm. true. It's kind of wild. It's fucking crazy. It's kind of <laughs> fucking wild. Like no, I was watching oh, that being think, said, it did not spoil the movie. It, did, for it was still so fun. <laughs> like it, the, the leaks were so fucking crazy. Yeah. That like, I didn't think that they were true. I thought that it was bullshit. I think that's what they were kind of banking on was like once some of those things got out there, maybe they were just like, no one's gonna believe. Like it. people aren't it. gonna buy this. Like it sounds so out, like it sounds so outlandish when you it, and the plot of the movie <sighs> does seem like pretty fucking wild <laughs> in when the you, first place. When you think like when you think about it, like and. But yeah, oh my god, dude! So Matt Murdock being right in there was fucking incredible. It was. So I great. loved his his uh, interaction with Happy being just like you know Happy. You, you need a lawyer. Up. <laughs> you need a lawyer. Up. <laughs> you know, like, um, Happy got shit on in this movie, man. Dude, I felt so I've, bad I've, for his character throughout this whole movie, man. You know, oh man, uh, I think that's yeah. You're right. As a you're vestige right. of like one of the one of the original Wait, franchises. I didn't yeah. I didn't mention this the other day. Um, or one of the other, one of the last podcasts, speaking of Netflix characters, mm. did you notice that Kate Bishop in one of the previous episodes of Hawkeye went, got in a taxi and was like, bring me, bring me to a and th- a and second hmm. Luke Cage's bar. No, I didn't, yeah. I didn't catch that. Interesting. That's so, kinda, that's kind of cool. So I who who knows? That's like a little, that's probably an Easter egg, I but mean, it's like another weird reference to a Netflix character. Another but that's that's another one of those characters that that people would love to see back, dude. Like yeah, I would love exactly. to see Mike back as that fucking character, Luke, Luke, man. Luke Cage is a big Avengers character too, so. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. If they're gonna if they're if they're really gonna be serious about trying to figure out how to continue like an Avengers style like title, yeah, they're gonna have to transition into like new Avengers characters and exactly. all this stuff. And that's definitely where like people like Cage take over, yeah. you know, leadership roles and shit. I mean, didn't Luke Cage lead the Avengers for a bit? The new Avengers, yeah. Really? Yeah. Shit. And uh, because like I mean that was like a weird time period. Like the yeah. Avengers like broke off into like there was like the Avengers, the Mighty Avengers, the, the New Avengers, Avengers, the Secret. <laughs> it's like it was, was like, like post Civil War, right? It was like yeah, yeah. It was like I think it was post Civil War, maybe maybe pre Secret Invasion. Yeah, I can't I think remember. So. I can't fucking remember. Anyway, um, but yeah, so yeah, you know, because they all was... came back together. Um, Dark Avengers, Dark Avengers, they all came back together. Damn, Dark Avengers. Um, Dirk Avengers, but okay. No, no, so but I think it was fucking nuts to see Charlie Cox again. Oh, quickly. So the here there, there's this YouTube channel called Heroes Reforged, mm-hmm. and they do like uh, video review, movie reviews and stuff. Mm. They started their channel 
when they were VFX artists on Age of Ultron. Oh. And they were reporting on like Marvel movies. Mm. And they were like, we would have gotten sued into the ground. We were working at Marvel and Disney. And when you're editing, apparently across it, you have your like name hmm. at Disney. So okay. like across and it gets removed at, yeah. in, in like final editing processes. So like if somebody tries to take a screenshot, like your name is literally there if Fair you enough. leak it. Or like it's some kind of like um, employment ID number or something like that. So that it's easily traceable. Mm. Sony just doesn't do that. Which blows my mind. I mean, maybe they're banking on the free publicity. <laughs> maybe they are, but then at the same time, Sony's not fucking smart in that case. I mean, look at them. I mean, they got people's butts in the seat for this movie. They got people's butts you know in the seat. I mean? Why are they going to leak about Morbius? Nobody gives a shit enough about that movie. Like exactly. They can leak all they want about that movie and nobody's going to fucking care because it's like, if you're going to go see Morbius, you're desperate anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to the end. But either way, so, so Spider Man. So I think I number one the I really like the interactions between uh, Peter and um, his friends. I thought it worked really mm-hmm. well for me. Well, in a yeah, in a movie where they're really basing like a huge part of Peter's identity on his friendship with Ned and MJ and yeah MJ, it, they definitely did a good job. Yeah, uh, but I mean they've they've had a solid particularly with. Um, with like it's just inter- it's just so interesting that they've done I feel like they've done more character growth with Ned yeah. than they have with MJ even though MJ is like a, MJ is a, a more pivotal fucking name in the Spider-Man universe um, yeah dude Michelle Jones and so it's just it, it, it always is throwing me off and that, that's something that you get showcased in this movie too where where like or, or excuse me what what you get showcased in this movie is is this like switch up yeah. where all of a sudden it becomes really MJ and Peter focused yeah and Ned becomes like the kind of third wheel character yeah um not not I mean not in a bad like in a bad way he has a real prominent role they all three do in yeah. this movie no but I I agree um, Ned was more of a main player in the other ones yeah. And that being said, it was fucking awesome to see some of Ned's like abilities and shit in this movie. Yeah, the sl- he was like, he dude, was, he, he was wielding fucking magic. Like he was like, <laughs> like legit. Like I love that they teased that and then they followed up with it. Yeah, like, it was you great. know what I mean? Where they were like, he, he, you know, they made that joke like, I get like my hands feel tingly sometimes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go see your physician. Yeah, and then like to have him later on be like a pivotal, have a pivotal role. Yeah, in, like, he was using the in, sling like, ring. What they were doing was fucking cool, dude. It was great. Um, but, you know, it was, yeah. So it that was that was an interesting aspect to it, like the kind of switch up with those characters. And, I mean, they all, it, it's just interesting that this movie really picks up, like, legit right where the last one left off. Like, immediately. There's, like, yeah. there's not even, like, a minute fucking break between it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And so um, the energy that you start with, it just fucking, it just makes the movie immediately pop yeah. off. And you spend the first chunk of this movie basically living in like the trailers that and like the the stuff that you saw from the trailers Absolutely. and then the movie really just opens the fuck up which is kind of interesting you know i think kate mentioned this to me as soon as we left mm-hmm. and she was like one thing that gets her about the mcu is that characters don't suffer they have like moral qualms like civil war is the most is the one that characters yeah. suffer the most in. Yeah. And Infinity War and Endgame, obviously. Mm. And that's why they're the most compelling movies. <laughs> like, yeah. It's when characters are going through the most shit. Mm-hmm. And I'd always told her, like, Peter Parker's whole thing is that because he's Spider-Man, he will never be able to live the life as Peter Parker that he wants exactly. 
Yeah, I mean... And he will always be sort of a liability to the people in his life. Yeah. And he has to try his best to balance it, and he usually fails because mm. it's just too much. Yeah. And, in like, if Far From Home was, like, where it barely didn't go to shit, and then, like, that last scene is the straw breaking the camel's back, mm. like, the camel's rolling down a hill in No, in no Way Home yeah. after breaking its back. It's... Well, that, I mean, that's one of the like, pivotal things shit about... Shit just keeps going wrong. <laughs> it's one of the pivotal things about the Spider-Man character is that, like, everything he does leads him back to tragedy. Exactly. And that's, like you were saying, is one of the... That's one of the reasons why he's been such a popular character and, like, people, like, latch on to him as a character so much. Yeah. And that that thing you said, that's a characteristic that bleeds into other Spider-People along the way as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and they they're really like they really hammer that home in this movie. Oh yeah, this movie is not, it's not a lighthearted like it does, it it's not a lighthearted really well. movie. It, it does, but 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 if they're, you think about like the overall struggles that happen in this movie, like oh, it's all tragedy for I, fucking Peter. The, <laughs> like, the end of the movie, I was like, like this is sad. I left yeah. I left the theater being like, this is like, this is a sad film. It doesn't end. It, it ends, end it ends with now. an optimism towards yeah. what could come, but not with happiness, with sort of like a, well, we just got to keep moving on type it, thing. Exactly. And I mean, shall we, I mean, with the deal with, I think nothing accentuates that more than the villains and his desire to help them. Yeah. Even though like Dr. Strange is right. These are terrible people, but yeah. Peter's like, I want to not just send them to their doom. Well, and that was the interesting thing about this, um, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker is that like they've presented him so far as uh, almost like just like a relentlessly optimistic individual, like, yeah. where, you know, where like things keep happening to him. Um, he keeps running into villains. He keeps, you know, running into little blips of adversity. Not much until this movie, but yeah, um, but he's very optimistic about like things. And so to have that be a main characteristic when he looks at, or to have that characteristic pop up when he's looking at, uh, you know, all these villains that he's has no idea who the fuck they are, um, yeah. is interesting. And it's very like to truth to the character that they built, the Peter Parker that they built for Tom yeah. Holland. And, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, and, it's, and it's, it's an just, interesting plot element just because like, it's just hammered home through the movie that, his ideology might be fundamentally flawed, mm. but he's doing it for all the right reasons. Yeah. And some of the tragedy that comes with it might be worth it. Well, and you know, Which... like <laughs> one of the coolest things you see, like some of the coolest things you see in this, like in dealing with the villains is like, you know, uh, there's all that rumor about like uh doc Ock getting Stark tech on his octopus arms. Yeah. That was a really cool way of, uh, that happening. But also, like, not, and it had it had a twist that probably you didn't expect. Like, everybody yeah. was like, "Oh my god, he's enhanced himself." <laughs> like, no, Peter just took over. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> which was, was fucking that funny. That was really funny. I was just like, "Damn, dude, like that's slick." Uh, but fucking, like, and and to be honest, like, I will say the lizard kind of was a was a comedic character. Oh, they Jamie they Fox. Knew, they definitely they just... like they tr they gave Jamie Fox's electro like. It was it was a shame that there's so much hype around his electro because they gave him like a little bit of like character growth. Yeah. Uh but it was also like he was a real big like comedic write off. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, like, like I was blown away that it was actually Blue Man Group 
fucking Electro that was yellow because he was in a different universe. Yeah. When I saw I mean, blue Electro, I was like, you are fucking with me. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a bit bizarre. I, I they made it work. I yeah, they totally did. I, but um, you know, and, and same thing with uh, like Flint Marco being there. Like you didn't expect much from his character, no. just to be kind of like a presence, and that really was what it was. Like he, you know, it was a he, it was an all right bit, to, you know, character to be in there. Yeah. to you know, have some. Fights. What was what was strange was at first he like teams up with Spider Man. There's that shot where he like helps Spider-Man take down Electro, and they're yeah. like, and he's like, okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. Thing, and he's like, you know, a different Spider-Man maybe or whatever. And uh, and then like quickly thereafter, he's like, no, nah, I'm I'm with these other guys. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he, you know, that he wants to go home and all that. But the best one out of all of them, obviously, was Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Oh my and god, he was so good. You see him fuck up spider-man in this movie dude like dude the, i was gonna the, say the, i was gonna say the, the fight, fight sequence brutal the fight sequence in that apart in happy's apartment where he literally fucking like power bombs spider-man through <laughs> like five stories of concrete but then a like, moment later no peter parker was fucking brutal in this movie I mean, he definitely had some moments for sure. Well, I mean, for what they've that, shown him which, in, so far in that in that fight when he gets Green Goblin on his back and mm-hmm. he jumps and pulls himself down and takes him through like three yeah. floors. Yeah, that was like one of the coolest moves you saw him do. <laughs> I was like, like holy I, shit! For sure, like that that was a really cool mo- moment. There's just some really good fights, like fight, you know, sequences for sure. Somebody somebody from the production said that there was like this is gonna be like bruise knuckle Spider Man. Mm-hmm. They weren't fucking around. Yeah, I mean they don't. Yeah, for it got it got it got more brutal than any of the other ones. That's for that's for damn sure. I mean, just like uh, like obviously not like gory or anything, but just they nailed that sort of like desperation, I guess. Yeah. Where, like, in some well, particularly I, in the last was, the last confrontation absolutely. between between him and Willem Dafoe. Oh, and even in that first confrontation, mm-hmm. he's like punching him in the face, and he's just looking up at him, smiling. Yeah, I mean you know, that was that was the coolest thing is that you know Willem Dafoe brought some fucking acting to this goddamn movie. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I th- think? In the writing room, I feel like it could have almost like they might have gotten some inspiration from like the Killing Joke. I mean, maybe. Just because that's Willem Dafoe's whole fucking thing. He's trying to break Peter Parker the whole time. He's a Green Goblin. I mean, that's the thing that Green Goblin's done to Peter Parker for fucking ever. I know, like, but it's like, it's, it's, I kept thinking of him, like, this but, is, like, weirdly reminiscent of the Joker trying to break Batman, you know? I mean, if if the Green Goblin kidnapped Aunt May and, like, stripped her naked and held her in a cage and then, like, showed her all these, like, brutal pictures of, like, people she loved getting brutalized, it Fair would be enough. it would be like that. <laughs> well, he didn't murder Aunt May. I mean, and that was the, that was the shocker, was, like... You know, Marissa Tomei was one of those characters, like one of those actresses. You're like, how long is she going to stick with this role? I liked and, her though. And um, no, don't get me wrong. She was a, a fine Aunt May, probably the youngest Aunt May we've seen. Um, probably. And you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and uh, like you know, it was just it was a really intense moment, and it was a really like awesome choice, I think, to completely eliminate the need for Uncle Ben. Absolutely, and to have Aunt May be this the Uncle Ben, I mean, you know, where she gives him the like Spider Man the line with p- great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, like nobody. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I, I. But then when she said, it, I was like, 
Amazed about to yeah. Die. As soon as as soon as you realize like that she's dying in this scene, you're like, okay, this is this has got to be happening. Otherwise, I don't know if you said uh, it while we were recording, but like this movie leaves you with essentially like a trilogy of an origin story for Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that, and that's that's it. It's like the first two movies aren't like they're not like a Peter Parker story that you'd be familiar with if you're familiar with the Spider-Man character. Yeah, and like the the way that this movie sets up the future of Spider-Man in the in the MCU does like a really good job of kind of like I mean it's it's a it's just a reboot of his retelling. Yeah. So no longer is Peter like he's gone from the the teenage phase of his Spider-Man career to like now I've got to figure out some adult shit and be my like what am I going to fucking do, you know? You and, know. And man. but I think we're skipping a big chunk. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, but before all that, we have the most the momentous the occasion. Uh, it was, it was. Oh, God. The most breathtaking fucking thing. It was amazing. Ugh. It was the Spider Man. Okay, so. Oh, it was so cool. So, it was so like cool. we were talking about earlier, Ned fucking uses. He's, yes, at this point, he's gotten Doctor Strange's sling ring. Don't ask how. And cool scene, by the way. Cool scene. But he's got his sling ring and he's using it to find Peter Parker, to find Spider-Man. Yeah. And so he opens a portal, you know, and and you see, you see Spider-Man back there and you're like, what? That's okay. Maybe he's just not recognizing you at first. And then like, as he trots up, you kind of realize there's a different build to this Spider-Man. He's there's a different, lanky. He gets into the light and you're like, there's a bit, there's a different suit on this Spider-Man. And then he takes his fucking mask off. And Andrew Garfield. God damn it, dude. Oh it's God. fucking Andrew Garfield. Holy uh, shit, dude. I was like, oh my God, they didn't. It's and, real. And 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 the whole sequence, like, you know, him like, you know, showing them that he can stick to the roof and all oh, this it was, stuff. It's it so was charming. so it was so in character for that Peter Parker that they had built. Yeah. You know what I mean? An amazing Spider-Man. And then they take it a step further in this scene. They try and find another Peter Parker. <laughs> They open that yeah. fucking sling ring portal up. Who the fuck steps through this Toby time? Tobey Maguire. His goddamn Tobey Maguire, man. His first in, live action acting appearance since 2014. In the most epic fucking moment, he steps through the portal and goes, "Oh hey, uh, did you, Toby don't mind if I step through that portal?" <laughs> like, you know, like, like in this total, like he's. It's just so fucking epic. They're both immediately in in their Spider-Man characters. It's, you know was, what I mean? It was fucking their crazy. particular Peter Parkers, and yeah. it was so fucking awesome. You got this like quippy, funny Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah, you got this like yeah, kind of this sort weathered, of awkward off- Peter B. esque dude. It was so cool. You know, I it did was not, so cool. It was, oh, fuck, man. I just it was it was absolutely crazy. Yeah, it was and, fucking mind blowing. And then I, I loved that. Peter Parker dealing with like the loss of Aunt May. Mm-hmm. He was guided by the other Peter Parkers yeah. through it. The bonding moment, man, that again, tragedy is what makes Spider-Man. And, and exactly. so to, to have the unfortunate bonding, like the thing that bonds you is yeah. it, it'd be tragedy. It It's, I mean, they paid. They, that scene was really well done, if you ask me, man. Like it was really well like, done. Like up until the point, like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now, where Tom Holland starts saying, "With great power," and then Tobey Maguire finishes, "Comes great responsibility," and yeah. you're just like, "Oh fuck, oh, God. dude!" Like, <laughs> like, just so I yeah, I had no, 
I don't know. I was, I'm just so impressed it, it that, blew that, that, me they, away. that they that they pulled that off. Yeah, and that, and that they that they had the fucking guts to do it, dude. Like everybody wanted it, but like the feasibility of this movie was, was the, the had balls. Have, they had to have been so like, I mean, just, uh, the scope of this movie is just so intense that it's like I, I'm just so grateful that they pulled it off. And I know, so and, they, see, and they did it well. So to see, it you, was not. It was not like. It was not fan service. No, it, it was. It was. They literally they extended the stories of these characters. Absolutely. Fuck. You, you I, like, I called it. Roll the tape from like a couple months ago. Andrew Garfield saved MJ. Oh yeah. And while that is sort of low bearing fruit, it finishes off his character arc that they never finished because they canceled those yeah. movies too early. I did think that was one. Of, okay, so one of my weak moments in this movie. Oh, comes, no. Comes right at that point. Mainly because he saves MJ in the really obvious move. Yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. But immediately as they land, he's like in tears. And you're just like, dude, in the middle of this big battle, you just saved this fucking person. Like, you got other shit to do. And you're just like, this this guy's just standing here crying now. Like, I don't think that's the the move. But it was like a really obvious, like, we have to focus on this moment, you know? Yeah. I felt like, Uh, you know, actually, that's one of my minor gripes of the movie. And this sort of feeds into that. mm -hmm. There's some, like, editing... And some like stuff there that, was there's there, stuff that could have been more interesting. That like, kind of you can tell things were cut in certain ways. Like probably like for time. Of, this movie, definitely. This movie could have easily been th- three hours long. Like yeah. I feel like that scene, there was probably a bit of build up to him crying. Yeah, I I feel like there might have been like maybe there was more of a conversation between him and MJ or something yeah. like that. You know, because it just seemed such a hard like all of a sudden like a, you know, just a hard turnaround, and that that did happen a couple other times throughout the movie. I mean, I just think as most, note, it was like, most notably we have that moment where you finally get to see Green Goblin, mm-hmm. and it just cuts to Willem Dafoe's face. It, yeah, like, exa- exactly. I was, I was like, there could have been a more dramatic way to do that. Definitely, it worked because it mirrored yeah. it mirrored the image of the green goblin mask talking mm-hmm. back to him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, they, they, there are more creative ways that my amateur filmmaker mind could have come, come up with. Yeah. But like, like you said, like they had to sacrifice certain things probably for time and everything exactly. because, because it would have been hard pressed to get people to see another half an hour, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, not, not that I wouldn't have, but like, you know, Endgame it, like, was, any, anytime, Endgame anytime was you ask people, so. anytime you ask people to watch a three hour movie, it's like, Oh shit, three hours. Like, you know, I think, and, so much of the interaction between these two, the Spider-Men, mm-hmm. they didn't, it felt like they didn't cut any of it. It felt so deliberate. The stuff yeah. that needed to be there was there. They did two really um, like amazing sequences with them all, right? Yeah. There is, there is the, the, the lab time, we'll call it. Yeah. Where, where A bit downtime. Everybody can know each other. They've all just like decided that they can like try and figure out these cures for the individual, you know, villains. And they basically divide up the workload, you know? Yeah. And uh, just seeing them interact amongst each other was really cool. Yeah. Because you get different characteristics from each one. And um, then on top of that, to kind of f- like further that like kind of character build, you you see them in action which with each other in two different yeah. ways, right? Like at first when they start kind of like trying to confront the sinister. Sinister five. Five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sinister um, four at that point because yeah. Doc Ock's good. <laughs> yeah, because Doc Ock's turned. Yeah. Uh, um, you know they 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 kind of struggle with working together because they're and they make a joke of it. You know like they're like they're like uh, I I don't I work on a team. team. You know? <laughs> and uh, and and then so you also, know you I see them the, like kind the, of get the, through that and work together, which is cool. The little bit of dialogue before they uh, start the fight is also great. Where oh, they're sort of talking about everything they've done, dude. And was, they give a bit of Andrew Garfield respect. Mm. 
They like, I fought a Russian guy in a rhino costume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because they're they're going around t- telling telling stories, right? Tobey Maguire's like, oh well, I fought an alien, a black alien, uh, black goo alien, goo alien or whatever. And Tom Holland's like, I fought a purple alien in space and uh, on the planet. And, uh, <laughs> and and then yeah, Andrew's like, yeah, his, uh, like, I fought the rhino. <laughs> like, he's like, you're awesome. Just say it. Yeah, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I loved that. Like the fucking, like Peter on Peter hype up. Like, yeah, come on, man. So you're meta. awesome. And, and it was so meta too because that Andrew Garfield gets so much shit, and he's like the one bright spot in those movies. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, like, <laughs> like I, I think anyway. That's... I think it's telling that immediately after this, like people started watching this movie, mm. like social media was ablaze. Like Andrew Garfield is actually like good. We're giving him, people are being too hard, which I want to quickly say, Kevin Feige said in an interview before like any of this was out there, mm. when like an interviewer was like, Hey, there are a bunch of characters from like different versions of the Spider-Man franchise. Do you think that this might be like pitting some of these franchises against each other in a very overt way? And do you think that that's healthy for the brand? And Kevin Feige was like, no, we think that this movie is sort of a response to the sometimes overly hostile fandom, like where people needlessly pit these characters against each other. Mm. So we're making a love letter to all of them. Yeah. And that was from like a few months ago. I mean, and I, I don't it's disagree. Pretty, mu- pretty much on point. Um, because, you know, like, like I said, you get the, all that action stuff, you get the character, the character moments with each one of them. Yeah. And to, you know, really have that uh that sweet moment where, you know, like it's like like elder Spider Man like un, you know, stops Tom from doing something he regrets. And oh. like and like they'd lock eyes and they have that moment where it's like, I know what you're going through. Yeah. Like put it put it down, like, you know, oh, kind of thing. And that fight was so sick. Oh, it's cool. goblin. I mean that was the that was the the, the brutal the totes brutes fight. So one hundred percent. Um but yeah, I mean you know, you know that, and I will say the overall like biggest like goose moment of that movie was seeing the uh, the three Spider Man swing together. Yeah, around the Statue of Liberty was like that holy was cool. shit. That was and cool. And Tobey Maguire doing the fucking pose in front of the moon, yep. coming down. I was like, no way. <laughs> well, and one of my favorite interactions with them was like when they discovered that Toby you oh, has organic funny. web shooters, and I was they're, they're just like they're just that. you know, and and. Of all people, it's like a, a you know Tom Holland's. He's like, he's like, does does it does it come out of just your wrist? <laughs> like, you know, like the most like innocent sounding way. He's like, dude, I think, what was it? Have you ever had web block? Yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah, like an existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so good, man. I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to like ruin all of it and everything, should every just, detail. But we just post credits then. Uh, I I stayed for the first post credit okay, scene. I, I stayed for both. Yeah. So. Do you know what the second one was? Uh, I I imagine that's the one with the more centered around Doctor Strange and the it multiverse was, of madness. It Mando, was a full so. blown fucking trailer. Yeah, and that's what I heard. I just did honestly you, just didn't bother. Did you hear the uh, what the singer at the end of it was? No. It was Strange Supreme from What If, is the villain. Oh. Being played by Bandit Cumberbatch as well. Okay. Yeah. But like ripped straight out of what if into live action, huh? And Mordo has dreads. Interesting. But it's like it was such a little like it was a proper teaser trailer. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I was like, it's, it's strange Supreme from what if, and the tentacle monster from what if is in it as well. Mm. I was like, and you briefly mm. get a look at America Chavez. You briefly get a look at Mordo. Um, like from the Dr. Strange episode of what if the universe is sort of melting Okay. as well. And it's like, it's very all over the place. I don't really, not enough to really get a read on what's going on. Yeah. yeah. You see a bit of Wanda. Hmm. There's sort of a flash of like a different like a different chain of events where you see Rachel McAdams in like a wedding gown getting married to Steven in sort of a flash. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's sort of all over the place. I can't get a read on it, but I was, I'm definitely intrigued. Fair. Yeah. I mean, either way, it'll be an interesting thing to kind of, did anyone give a fuck when Tom Hardy showed up in your theater? Because my Um, incredibly hyped theater was dead silent when Tom Hardy came on. (laughs) I mean, in my theater, like, nobody was fucking, like, making noise. It was, it was super strange. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the only thing that was making noise was this, like, dickhead little kid who kept, like, walking from the front row in front oh. of me to, like, the row I was in oh. to talk to the fucking person next to me. What a jackass. Was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, like, a little child, but I kept being, nah, like, I kept him. being, like, are none of you adults going to tell your kid to shut the fuck up and sit down in the seat? Like... <laughs> there was a kid like that but, when I watched on content. But, though. no, nobody gave a shit. And, like, honestly... What the, it was played the, for laughs. The only thing, like that scene, I mean, really, just kind of like, Danny it, it made me more aggravated than anything, because, <laughs> because, well, because like they give you all this hype with that post credit scene of Venom too, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh shit, he's in the universe, and then they immediately take it back. Like <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where you're like, where you're like, okay. Wow. So, and that was probably the only reaction I remember hearing was somebody going, what the fuck? Because, (laughs) because like, you know, he gets sent back to his universe. Yeah. And so he leaves behind a little trace of the Venom symbiote, which, you know, sure. Clever way of introducing Venom. It had to be done, I guess. Like, you know, because people would have been angry if you completely took Venom out of of there. But it it is a very justifiable way to sort of like have like bake their cake and eat it, too. You know, oh, yeah. where where like they can give Sony the little plug into the MCU, mm. but then Marvel can just be like, and he goes back. Well, you yeah, know? and I mean, that, but like I said, like that's the thing. Like, it's like even in that scene, they almost acknowledge the fact that like people want to see those characters clash. Yeah, because they you know make he like has this line where he's like, maybe I should go visit this Peter Parker. Uh, you know, in, in yeah. New York or whatever. And, well, and think, you're like, yes, maybe that'll be like a whole thing where like now like Eddie's making his way to fucking New York or something. Yeah. And, you know, but no. <laughs> no, he just leaves a drop of venom. Yeah. And so it's just fucking, sort of like, the, okay. Like, and I mean, like, it's sort of, it was funny. Mm-hmm. and I, But at the same time, I was definitely sort of like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I mean, I thought, I don't know. I just see. And what we're... I think yeah, I thought it was I thought it was, it was just, dumb. It was just more disappointing than anything. It's a good way. F- it's a good way for them to appease Sony while bringing Venom into the MCU in a better way than the Tom Hardy Venom. Because yeah. let's be real, we've said it on the show before. Tom Hardy wouldn't work in the MCU movies going against Tom Holland. It just there's the setup isn't there. Yeah, mainly because they up until this movie they haven't made Tom Holland Spider Man be like a. a fighter you exactly. know what i mean and so like that and that's, well, plus that's there's also the that weird you, age you difference then there's the whole like there, there's mean, two characters there's a tom holland doesn't look like a 17 year old kid that like that much anymore <laughs> like you're, so you're like right. you know it's like and that's where this movie leaves off is like yep. it leaves off with him 
being in an like adult. an adult fucking situation. You know, you know? Oh, fuck. Actually, before not both... like adult situation, but, but like he's, you he's know, on his like own. grown up situation. He's, on his own. Like, he's living in a shitty. He's trying to say he's not like in a fucking bang situation. He's not getting fucked in the, the end of this movie. Okay, <laughs> like he's he's trying to pay his bills. You know, That's yeah, he's, he's trying to pay his bills. He's living that in a kind of adult apartment. Thing. <laughs> the movie ends with everybody forgetting Peter Parker exists. Mm-hmm. With, which brings up some interesting questions about social social security and getting a rental, but the um, but I think like the what's so interesting is that they're leaving it off with sort of like where say Tobey Maguire's Spider Man was in Spider Man mm-hmm. Two, and you have like a relatively experienced Spider Man that's getting his shit together, mm-hmm. but is also now fully experienced the tragedy of doing what he does. Yeah, and he's on his own, and that's when Spider Man's at his best. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is a theory of mine, the reason that we haven't seen a red and blue suit in so long was to really pack the fucking punch of the red and blue suit at the end of this movie. Yeah, I mean, as I, I would say that the, the, the red and blue suit at the end of this movie looked more akin to, like, one of the ultimate Spider-Man suits uh, yeah, than, than I've ever I've seen in live action. It was, like, shiny blue and you know bright almost bright red yeah and that like that's the that i mean that's the thing dude that's like spider-man's costume stands the fuck out most of the time i also think we're done seeing zendaya and um ned in these i'm interested by that like i don't i think the movie ended with him being like actually like they're on a better note they're they're going to boston let them live their lives yeah he's gonna start dating gwen stacy well, that's why I think I, th- I think it's either gonna drift into like any number of fucking potential like relationship things with him, with him you know, Gwen Stacy, fucking uh, Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, you know, uh, Ooh, it could be like you're it could right. be Betty Brant, which was the first fucking person he was with in a, in Spider Man. Really? Know? Like yeah, yeah, totally. I didn't know that. Yeah, Mary Jane was like. Like Mary, it was like it was yeah, like Betty Brant, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane. I thought so, I thought Gwen I knew Gwen Stacy was before, but I yeah. didn't realize that. Um. But no, I've completely forgot about Felicia. Yeah. You know, you know, they're talking about doing like Black Cat. I mean, I mean, she's like a, yeah. But Black Cat's interesting. I think interesting good, in a Catwoman kind of way. For she's sure. a good foil to Batman and to Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, just mainly because like, I feel like the relationship that they've always had is like this weird vibe of like, she's almost like a little older than, than Spider-Man more, more experienced. We'll say yeah, oh, more mature. We'll hey say. Now. And so, and so she like is not up as opposed to manipulating people, you know, and, yeah. and like, and like getting what, you know, going out of her way to get her way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where Spider-Man is like, I'll like let everybody else have what they want before I get my way. Yeah. <laughs> and Felicia's sort of like, I can sort of be a vigilante. Yeah. Fuck some people up. I mean, the king and, and, and make Cat some woman. money. Yeah. Motherfucking Catwoman. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Okay. So like legit, Go see this fucking movie, man. Yeah. Like, don't miss out on a single fucking moment of this movie. Whether it's any of the spoilers we talked about or other stuff. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to talk about it. I mean, it, but the- it's great. <laughs> it's it's a great movie. I want to, you know, I think actually at the end of this year, we would make this a tradition. Last episode of the year, we do the old Hardys. Mm. Uh, we can give some arbitrary awards based on our personal favorites. Me and you. Doesn't have to be agreed upon. We just throw it out for a few categories. We need to re-tier the MCU annually. Yeah. Um, we can we can do it. I think it would be an absolute blast. We can we can do we can do the the fucking tier list trend videos, you know? Oh yeah. 
we can put like whack tier at the base and and corn dog at the top. You well, know, corn dog is always at corn the top. dog. The you heard you heard that right, corn dog. The uh, <laughs> do you, does is is Spider Man No Way Home in the corn dog tier for you? Because I mentioned this off the top, it's not as good as Into the Spider Verse, but mm. it's great. I mean, see, I liked it better than Into the Spider-Verse, for sure. Really? Yeah, because I'm a way bigger fan of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man than I give a shit about any of these characters. So, like, <laughs> Blinded by nostalgia. Like, yeah, for real, though. Like, like that was, <laughs> that was like, one of the coolest moments it was, in it any was comic sick. book movie to me, was to finally have that, like, that, cro- that, that validation that those movies weren't just throwaway bullshit. Like, yeah. you know. Um, I, I agree. I understand that. Because Absolutely. they were such fucking, heat, like, big fucking movies man yeah uh but yeah i mean i definitely would put it up up there like just because of that it's you know it's not going to beat avengers endgame it doesn't it doesn't beat infinity fucking oh whatever you know you know i think infinity war is a fucking marvel of writing yeah i mean it's just it's just it's just a really they do a really good job of fucking it's of writing the emotions in that movie and and uh, just like making a movie that works too and so like it's firing on all cylinders for me i'd probably put it right right below those like top tier top tier yeah totally um i'm i'm you know lee i'm still yet to make my mind on where i feel it is i think it's up there mm -hmm. but i don't i won't definitively say which movies it's around Mm -hmm. just yet but um yeah, when we were leaving, Kate was like, "This is the best Marvel movie I've ever seen." And then she, we got in the car, and she was like, "Except Into the Spider Verse is better, but Marvel live action." And I was like, I, I, "I can understand that. I can understand somebody walking out of that fucking movie that was mm. just like so satisfying." And especially Kate loves Daredevil, so mm. that was probably a bit of that in there as well. Yeah, where. You, I would walk out of that and be like, this is fucking incredible. Like, with the totally, like, recency bias of, like, this is the shit. This yeah. movie was great. It satisfied everything I wanted from it. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's, you know, pretty much what, what I got out of it. You know, I just, I feel like all my expectations were really met from the movie. Yeah, you know? same here. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like, they... I don't know if they exceeded expectations. That's probably the only downfall. It's like, it's like because I got so hyped about this movie and like we were talking about earlier, the rumors were all pretty much on point. <laughs> yeah. That, that like, that like, I, it doesn't I think fall, you it can doesn't, say it with confidence that, that they like, weren't even rumors, that yeah, they were genuine leaks. It, just, it doesn't, it doesn't fall into like exceeds expectation necessarily as much as it falls into like, it lived up to its fucking, like its yeah. hype. You, you know? know, for me, I could say, I mean like semantics really mm-hmm. at this point. I could say it did exceed my expectations mm. because I expected some of those leaks to be bullshit. Fair. I did expect to see all three Spider-Men. I mm. didn't expect to see Matt Murdock as early on or potentially at all up until Fisk showed up in Hawkeye. Yeah. Then I was like, we're going to get some kind of Matt Murdock. I don't know if it'll be in Spider-Man, but he's coming. Well, also side note, Rumors has it that he might be donning the old yellow and yellow red and red and uh, she Hulk. Oh, so. Dude, it's speaking of my girlfriend that loves Daredevil. I showed her that costume and she went, that costume? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I mean, was like, I was like, I mean, it's very classic. It's just, yeah, I feel like it'd be, if they're building him into like the more cartoon, the more comic booky MCU yeah. than like what the Netflix show was, it makes sense. I want to see the black and red. But, oh, well, I mean, that's like when he gets taken over by like the, the hand or something like that. You know what Do I mean? Do I fucking care? It looks but, sick. Like, it does look sick. <laughs> it uh, looks dope. 
yeah, that I don't. You know, it's it's hard. Like I, I just I feel like I I haven't had a movie experience like that like that in a while. And, you know, it's because I haven't been able to go see a ton of movies. And I think since being able Endgame to, for me, yeah, being able to like be in a theater and genuinely have those like holy shit kind of moments yeah. multiple times throughout it. it you know this and was actually, just fuck yeah. I'll round. We can round out the show with this. Martin Scorsese said in an interview years ago mm-hmm. at this point that these movies are like going to an amusement park and going on a fucking ride. Mm. And you know, I can't really disagree with him after this. It did feel, I did feel the thrills. I felt the thrills, <laughs> but you know, is that a bad thing? It's well, no, it's just, it's just knowing as a, knowing what you're looking for as exactly a, as a fucking, look of somebody looking for entertainment, you know? Yeah. I mean, fuck. It was so, it was so fun. Martin Scorsese is going to miss the fuck out if he doesn't go see this movie. I'll tell <laughs> I know. you that much, man. And Corn Dogs, you're going to miss the fuck out if you don't go see this movie. Dude, 100%. Even if you sat through this entire, entire spoiler section. Dude, go see it. It doesn't yeah. even do it justice. Because, 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 I mean, like, I kind of didn't want to talk too much in, like, I wanted to talk about stuff. Stuff. Because at least that well, we gives you the go, bare like, bones of, like, what, what happens in the movie. You know, yeah. if you go see it yourself, you ha- you have plenty of fuel to get an inspiration to get your butt in the seat. It's but so go good. fucking to see it, man. Because to think, to think that this, all of this starts with Spider-Man, you know, in t- 2002. Yeah. And it gets all the way to here in 2021. And we have this, the, the fucking biggest movie of the last two years is the Spider-Man No Way Home, you yeah. know, and it, and it blows fucking, blows your fucking minds. Yeah. Like, it's just wild to think that that's the journey, man. And like that comic books and comic book properties and superhero movies and super, you know, everything related to this has just gotten so solidified. It's in, in the, the stratosphere. In, yeah, dude. It's just it's i don't it's, know it's it's a it great time to be alive for people it, like know? us so you know um yeah. if like i said you should go watch spider-man if you've do sat it. through this you know what else you should do what you should follow us on instagram you fucking subscribe do to it. us on youtube do it listen to some of the other podcasts tell your friends go listen to the last episode of under further review because the thing Jameson does at the beginning of that episode was arguably the hardest I've laughed this year. What was it? Now I'm thinking about it. The 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 oh, present. Yes, the gift. Oh my the god, gift. Dude, that was, you can't spoil it. That was fucking great. Talk about a spoiler that you have to leave to the listeners. Yeah, exactly. That I was like wheezing. It was for so, a moment. It, it was, was so funny. funny. Just to go out of your way to get that gift for Caleb. Was, it was incredible. It was great. Go listen to that podcast. Go tell some friends to listen to us, please. Um, yeah, man. Keep doing it yourself. Jesus my dude. Christ. We'll end it there. I'm not going to lie. I will probably find myself with another ticket for Spider-Man at some point. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I'm going to... Def- I, I don't think I'd mind seeing that movie another time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I go watch it again in theaters. I'm 100% going to go rewatch it when it comes out on, on digital. It's one of the, legit. It's going to be one of those movies. Like I don't, I haven't, I, I you, you don't need to buy every movie these days. Cause some of them just live on like the streaming service you already pay for. Yeah. Spider-Man's one of those movies. This movie is definitely going to be one to add, add to a collection. You know what um, I mean? Like, not on streaming, but like on, in your fucking house. Like, get a get a case. One final thing. What? 
Oh fuck! I don't. I don't have a disc drive in my house. Um, you gotta, dude. One one final thing. Um, <laughs> a better post credit scene for this movie. Hmm. You get still done the Venom thing. Better post credit scene. You get uh, Peter Parker yoinked into the Spider Verse. That was no joke. Okay, <laughs> just just real quick off the cuff. That that was the thing that I really hoped that they were gonna do in this movie. Yeah. Was to instead of having the entire world forget Peter Parker, have because everything's coming for him, have him go off into the multiverse, and that gives you the segue to have him do that transition and across to Spider Verse. Yeah, which apparently he was approached about. Interesting. And so and I know so, he's in the fir- he's in the first one. It's just like an extra. Yeah, but but, like, but to have that, like that would have validated that whole like animated like movie series. Oh, be crazy! You know what I mean in the in this wildest way. But I was really hoping for that, like some weird direction where like Strange is like, all right, you have to just like you know, yeah, find a way. <laughs> anyway, you find a way to keep listening. Go fucking watch Spider Man. Do it. Do your goddamn thing. Do it now.